Hi guys, welcome to the um, Design Club First podcast. This week we're going to be talking about the UX design process and just kind of bouncing you design each other of like good tips and tricks that we feel like we have or um, good things we think that we should highlight throughout the design process. Yeah, um, so you guys will get some content on the design process itself um, and what that entails and how it's different depending on you know what the goal is for the project that you're working on. Um, there's a ton of really great content out there. So we kind of want to try and avoid um, rebuilding the wheel. That's not what that saying is. But uh, reinventing the wheel. Reinventing the wheel. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, there's four pretty much universal steps in the process. And then companies, people, um, organizations will all have their own sort of different versions and modifications um, depending on what user groups they're trying to serve and what goals they have. Um, but the four main areas that you'll find in any design process are the discovery. Um, so this is where you're really learning about your problem. You're trying to understand uh, who it is that you're developing for and just really getting the, the basics of um, the design space down. Um, then you moved into the definition phase. And so this is where you kind of hone in on a specific area or um, look as a focus for that, that project. Um, so this is when you really sort of get into the nitty gritty of the details and get a better understanding of um, the individuals, the audience, and what part of the ideas are gonna translate into um, different designs or KPIs that you need to hit later. And then you'll start developing. So you're going through ideation, um, you're going through UX research, you're going through uh, wireframing, mockups, all of that good stuff that we kind of think of as the UX design process. Um, and then you'll go into delivery where you're prepping uh, sort of deliverables, you're prepping um, things that you can show to clients, uh, to your bosses, you know, whoever the end user is. Um, and getting things ready for development. You've come to a solution at this point. You're really just uh, fine tuning and uh, sort of packaging whatever came out of that whole process. Um, so Mackenzie, I know you have some experience with the sort of user research side of things, um, particularly in relation to systems design. So do you want to talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that? Yeah, so I think that um, doing any kind of like a design for a specific client, or maybe you're trying to just improve the system that's already there, um, kind of like figuring out better ways to do it. A important process that we usually go through is doing like user interviews or user like focus groups, and then trying to figure out from our observations of how they use the platform or the system, um, what kind of improvements we can make to it. So I know for us, like we're usually given a couple guidelines that are best to follow for that. And a couple of the things that we're told to do is like one, keep the user in whatever environment they are more comfortable in or kind of where they're trying to, where they usually use this um, system or this interface and then watching them, how they walk through it and trying not to interrupt them, not trying not to like ask questions, just having them potentially just like talk out loud while they're using the platform or like they're moving through the website. And if anything that does like frustrate them or anything like that, like have them ver verbalize it. So you can know like, oh, this wasn't clear. They're like trying to find the like, home button or like the shopping cart button and it's not as prominent on the page 
and noting those kind of things down to figure out, okay, this would be something that we should improve upon or potentially do in our next iteration of design. So I know those are important for us. And then um, also trying to keep the, uh, the observations shorter, not trying to give them like a super big chunk, like say if it's you're phasing out, trying to figure out like your whole website design, don't give them the whole website to run through if it's never anything they've seen before, maybe give them a certain section of the website. So have them specifically run through the process of trying to buy an item put it in their shopping cart and then check out instead of just saying like, oh, go and look for the products or give them specific tasks to do. So you can make sure to see like, in terms of this, we're doing the right steps because it was clear for them to follow. They didn't struggle with going through any of the steps or if there's something else in that process that you need to kind of improve. So I think those are kind of the things that you, we would usually do for our like systems design, um, user interface stuff. I think some of that's definitely applicable for more UX stuff. Of course, it's probably a little bit more specialized in terms of like, maybe you can't really get what you want just from looking at the users because the users wouldn't know what they want or what they need because of course like graphic design and like UX design is very specific and it's a process I think you learn as you do it more but I think that those are good things to keep in mind like when you're doing UX design as well. Yeah for sure that's really awesome information. I think one important thing that you said there is that like the UX process is something that you sort of one that you learn you know, the more that you, you design and the more products mm -hmm. that you work on. But I think it's also something that you sort of grow into as you mm -hmm. grow as a designer. Um, there are tons and tons and tons of iterations and variations of the UX design process specifically for that reason, because mm -hmm. I think everybody sort of develops their own flavor of the process as they mature as a designer. Um, mm -hmm. And so if you notice areas that, you know, you tend to spend more or less time on or you know, different tweaks and stuff that you make to the process that aren't necessarily um, reflected in the things that you read or um, what other, you know, more experienced designers tell you, that's completely fine. Mm -hmm. I think at the beginning, it's more helpful to sort of stick to the script. Um, but definitely as you get your feet wet and you really start to um, get a feel for what you like and don't like as a designer, it's definitely okay to, to sort of grow out of that and develop your own version. Mm -hmm. um, I know that I tend to spend a lot more time in the low fidelity and the user research side of things mm -hmm. um, because I feel like that's where for me most of the work happens. Um, I go through a lot of ideas and often really quickly uh, and then once I really settle on an idea, that's when I'll take it into sort of high fidelity things. Um, I know some people like to ideate during the high fidelity phase and they come up with like tons and tons of mock-ups. Um, but for me, that's sort of just cumbersome because I don't like to go into such detail for things that I might never use more than, you know, five minutes later. Um, so yeah, but, but like I said, there's, there's, there's so many different versions of this and, and everybody in every company um, and every project even is going to have a version that suits it. Um, so don't be afraid to sort of experiment and, and tweak things and, and sort of play with it. Um, it can be kind of scary, I think, as a new designer to mm -hmm. have the confidence to stray from the script, but it's definitely, mm -hmm. I think, a valuable experience and a valuable process to, to start how would, how would you say that, or like, what are some like tips that you guys have or ideas in terms of like how to get yourself out of thinking 
in one certain path of how you want to do things because like it might not be the best way or like you're doing the iterations and you you refuse to kind of like for your own pride because you're like oh I'm really proud of one part like you don't change that in the process of changing it even though it might be something that needs to change like kind of getting a refreshing perspective I guess on the design so that it improves every time you do it um I think for me a big part of of learning how to do that has been writing things down mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lost art to handwritten notes and, and, and sketches and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, with computers, computers are great, right? Like having, being able to create high fidelity mockups so easily and so accessibly is an awesome tool to have. Um, but I think you lose some of the, uh, I don't even know what the word is that I'm looking for, but there's, I guess, like with, with when you're writing things down, you kind of have to sweat over it a little bit, right? Because yeah. like, way more work to draw things out and to and to write down your ideas and get them onto paper than I think it is to just type and and do things on a computer where where it's it's super easy it doesn't take a lot of effort um it doesn't take a lot of mental effort to do you know you can kind of just uh toss it out there and then trash it if you don't like it um and because it's so it's so flexible I think that can almost be detrimental when you're trying to um, understand areas where you can improve or, or look for new ideas. Um, and so when you're putting things on paper, it becomes really apparent, like you can flip back through the pages and have this very, you know, visceral sort of uh, view of how you, you've grown in different directions you've gone in, um, even through, you know, one project, much less through, you know, several projects. Um, and I think in those areas in that space, it's really, um, I wouldn't say easy, but I think it is easier uh, to, to visualize those areas where like, oh, I can I can see new ideas here. I can see where I was going in one direction and maybe I abandoned it, but there's, there is something in that direction or I can see the evolution here and, and what does that evolution mean for, you know, sort of the subconscious like ideas that I have and, and where I want to take the process. And that can, I think I it can be really important to have that. Yeah. I would think another aspect of that that would be helpful like writing it down would be that sometimes I because I feel like I can't express the thought or express the idea like in a concrete concise way to type it out or to put it on like a computer I'm much more easy on myself to just kind of like scribble it down or like do it quickly writing down so I feel like a lot of those things that you would miss because you're just trying to like get them onto like a technical interface or like um, on the computer is stuff that you would get when you're writing it out in, like on hand. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that was um, one of the internships I had. My boss actually like forced me to write everything down. Like there'd be days where I never even logged into my computer. Mm. Um, and I would spend the entire day just like drawing and, and writing things out in my notebook. And for sure, like 100%, one of the best things that you can do for yourself in design. And honestly, I think in, in any uh, field, any area is getting in the habit of just brain dumping and mm -hmm. writing everything down, regardless of how stupid or pointless it might seem. Mm -hmm. um, chances are it is stupid and pointless, but there's always going to be that one thing that isn't. Mm -hmm. um, and you're never going to be able to, you know, grab that one out of 10 if you're not in the habit of writing down all 10. Right. Um, so yeah, you, for sure, that is a great uh, habit to get into. Um, and I think it's really undervalued. Uh, I, I mean, I, I have a notebook. I carry a notebook around everywhere I go. 
Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> yeah, like a, a little tiny cheap, yeah. you know, in my pocket or something. Like, I always have a notebook with me um, because you never know, you know, where the next good idea is going to come from. Um, and I, I think also combining ideas, like a lot of the really great products and, and things that you see are combinations of very simple, you know, basic sort of uh, block, you know, you know, building block ideas, right? Mm-hmm. You, you combine two basic things and you get something novel and something that people haven't thought of before. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it seems like all of the really great people that are you know, building new cool things are have that have that habit in common. Mm-hmm. Would you say that like when you guys are thinking of like starting something or like maybe like changing it, are you more methodical or more like open-minded in terms of like the process that you approach? Because I feel like I'm a very like, I have to have like small goals or small even like things to try to like work towards that I can't really just start a process or start a a design or analysis of something without having like, okay, these are the steps that I eventually need to be taking like in that process. Or are you more just kind of like, oh, I'll just start and like, we'll see where it goes. I don't know, Michelle, what do you, what do you do? I'm trying to think, like, I feel like I change a little bit. Yeah, I think if I don't have goals, then I just will never do it because it's, I guess I like need that kind of external motivation Mm -hmm. to finish it. Mm -hmm. And so by setting those like kind of, touch points or checkpoints it also I think it can help in like refining also your process because if you have those checkpoints then you can you know go back to it later and say oh this is what I did last time I you know made sure to like iterate this way or I made sure to like do this step of user research and how did that you know then help me in my final product and how can I change that in the future I think that helps kind of to have like a record of that Mm -hmm. that's a good point yeah, I think, I think I aspire to that, <laughs> but I think a lot of times I don't. Um, I have a really bad habit of like coming up with ideas for stuff, and I'll start it, and then I just get bored and mm. move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, the the projects that I've been I think the most proud of and the most satisfied with have been the ones where. I was very like systematic and I made sure that I was hitting those touch points, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I think, I think that's definitely where I do my best work, but unfortunately a lot of the time I'm just, uh, I'm too scatterbrained and maybe (laughs) a little too lazy as well to really force myself to, to stick to that kind of systems thinking, Mm -hmm. but it, it really does help just even if it's just sort of abstract like you take you know the discover define develop deliver and just like write that down and then write like a few bullet points under each one um i think even even having that little structure can really define a project yeah Um, just once you start thinking about those things you're thinking about it in everything that you do and every part of the process you know like it's just a completely different vibe for the Would you say that, like, when you guys are trying to design something, you have a, like, um, 
like a stakeholder? Is it more like corporate-based or would you say it's more like client-based when you're trying to design something? Is your first reaction to think like, oh, how can I better it for the consumer of this product or more kind of like, no, this would meet more kind of like a business need or is it a balance of the two? I don't personally have like any, I guess, valuable knowledge on the business or corporate aspect of things. So for the most part, when I like come up with things, it's just like products that I use Uh that I see. I'm like, oh, I don't like the way that's designed. Like how would, Mm -hmm. you know, I make it better or how would I make it better for me, I guess. And then Mm -hmm. see if that applies to like other people's um, needs as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I guess it depends, right? Like if it's a project or like for an internship or like, um, you know, an employer client freelance or, or something like that, where there is a specified, you know, audience and, and a specified end user, then I'm definitely from the offset, like trying to understand that, that audience or that, that group of users. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's something that, that is started out from like an idea I had, or like a, a problem that I see, like with Michelle, what you were talking about, mm-hmm. I think the first thing I do there is I spend a lot of time asking why, like, mm-hmm. okay, I see this thing that I don't like, well, why don't I like it? And then why don't, you know, you know, why, why is my answer that and why that? And I just keep asking why until I have a very, very basic and very like fundamental understanding of what it is the problem is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if, when I don't do that, um, a lot of times, like you get into that that sort of pit where you know people start doing redesigns. Like I think we talked about this briefly, like doing the redesign of Amazon, right? Well, like Amazon doesn't really need a redesign. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the way it is for a very specific reason. Um, and I think in the same way, we can sort of see problems with things, but then once you get down to the roots of it, well, it's not really a problem. It's more of a preference, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. you don't like that little thing, but it's not intrinsically um you know wrong Mm -hmm. and so i think going through that that process of just constantly questioning like why am i doing this is is there a really true valid reason um to why you should you should be working on this problem Mm -hmm. and i think you you just get your your quality of work increases tenfold right because you're you're actually solving something you're not just uh creating problems for no reason I think also like there's like a lot of things I see that I personally like based on my personal preference I don't like and I think definitely I'll I'll make sure to like ask other people because there's a lot of features that like other people you know find useful but it's just something that I personally don't use and so like if you kind of like jump too quickly to a conclusion or to something that you know you think needs to be fixed but other people don't then it's like difficult to have a strong foundation for, I guess, a, a whole project that's like kind of user centered and and need based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And one other thing that I, I started doing recently, um, there's a guy called Derek Sivers. Um, he's a like writer and uh, sort of just I don't know. I guess I guess he's the closest thing we have to like a modern day philosopher, the kind of guy that just sits around <laughs> and thinks all day. And he has this thing where anytime he has like a problem or something he's think about thinking about in his life, he'll think 
he'll try and answer the questions that he's asking um, from the point of view of someone he looks up to in that field. Um, and so I've started sort of using that, that mental model um, with design and like finding designers and, and people in that space that I, that I look up to and that I admire their work and trying to approach the problem the way they'd approach the problem. And a lot of times just thinking in a way that is unfamiliar to you mm -hmm. um, will open up a lot of avenues um, either, you know, deeper into that process or, or, you know, realizing that maybe there isn't, there isn't something there when you thought there was. Um, but just getting in the habit of sort of challenging assumption mm -hmm. is, is really important. I think that would also be a good way to like, if you're in a rut or if you think that you're like a little stuck in your ideas, that could also be a way to be like, okay, well, like, I'm obviously not getting anywhere with the way I usually think. Let me try to think about how someone else would think that could also help as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's like, that's, that's something I really struggle with is like, I'll start something off strong and then just immediately like, you hit a wall very quickly, right? And like, mm -hmm. I think it's easier to hit the wall when you're doing things for a client, like mm -hmm. people that you know exist. Um, but especially when you're working on like portfolio pieces as a student, it can be difficult sometimes to sort of picture a world outside of the one that you've created and outside of this like space that you've created in your head. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like talking, talking to other people imagining things from different perspectives, um, even just like taking a break from a project for a while for a while and then coming back to it once you've had enough space to like stop just digging the same holes that you've been digging, you know, um, can be really can be really useful in getting mm -hmm. past those blocks. Yeah, I agree. I guess one question I have for you guys is what are some ways that you think that the current design process sort of fails? Like, are there other places where you think it could be better or strengthened? I would say like, I don't, just from like my experience, I think that um, in terms of like the deliver stage, like I feel like there's not a lot of, at least from like what I've experienced, not a lot of ways where you can like better that process. Like, is it just, kind of delivering the um, end iteration of the product like to the consumer or trying to test it out? Or is it like the format that you give it to them? Is there more kind of like A-B testing at that point in like that stage? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's like, that's something that I've always struggled with is like the finding the best ways to showcase the work, mm -hmm. which feels like it should be the easiest process part of the process you know because like you've already done all the heavy lifting um but it is really difficult to figure out how to build that bridge between the design and the development mm -hmm. um, it's not I, I don't think it's as straightforward as it as it seems mm -hmm. <laughs> and i think another thing I guess another area where the design process maybe has some holes and um, something that I've seen come up a lot recently is uh, diversity in, in design. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think I've, I've seen, a, I've read a lot of stuff recently where people are saying that, that the issues of, of diversity and inclusion are kind of masked in the field of design because um, 
it is a creative field. And a lot of times when you have, I guess, quote unquote artists, Mm -hmm. they're always sort of on the bleeding edge of things. And so it feels like they can't possibly, um, you know, have, have shortcomings in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but it is there. And I guess it's, uh, if, if the point of, of design is to build things for people and Mm -hmm. to be as, you know, uh, to understand your users as, as well as possible. Um, if you're missing an entire, you know, group of users, then clearly your process isn't, isn't working, right? Because, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's, that's an important part. Um, and I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't have a solution. I mean, I've just been sort of reading that, but that, that's mm-hmm. sort of, uh, I've been thinking about that a lot and that, you know, the, the whole point of the design process is to, to capture the one your audience and find a solution for the problem mm-hmm. um, and if you're not doing that then, then is the process really as great as we seem to think it is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. would you think that like maybe that would be helped by either like a having more designers that are diverse or testing it on a more diverse audience or more input from um, a more diverse audience i mean i think i think it has to be both you know yeah. i think you have to diversify the team mm-hmm. in order to diversify the audience, right? Because, True. like, I think one problem in research in general is that it's hard for people who are not part of the, the group um, to sort of, I guess, infiltrate the group and to really capture their true feelings, right? Because, like, right. as an outsider, you're not going to get the same kind of information and people aren't going to open up to you as much um, as if they see you as one of their own. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's the first problem is that you just have to have uh, a diverse group of people that are, that are going into communities and, and doing the research mm-hmm. to really get good results. And then I think also just like a diversity of creativity and a diversity of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, because just people, people come from, you know, all kinds of different experiences and backgrounds and that kind of thing and, and problems that, you know, people in the U.S. face um, aren't necessarily the same as problems that people in the other parts of the world face. And even people within the U.S., like people on the West Coast have different East Coast. And so just having, having that depth people from um, and the, the ideation can be really helpful and I think solves mm-hmm. a big part of the problem. Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean obviously I there's that... so many layers of complexity to that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even understand mm-hmm. the problem those yet. Um, but it's definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah, I feel like... Um, oh, sorry. Did you want to... No, uh, no. uh, just like, in general, I think the design process is made in a way where it like favors the majority because even if you're doing like user research, right? Like the main problem you're going to focus on is the one that most people are having. And so it's so easy to like, even if you did, you know, diversify your audience, right? And, but if the majority of people are still, you know, not struggling, I guess it's so easy to just overlook the small percentage um, that may like have a certain like qualm with, the design or something which I guess is like seeing a lot of accessible design just doesn't 
look great, I guess, because people are like really focused on like the smaller user group of, oh, we want to make this accessible to more people. Um, but it's like difficult, I guess, to balance focus on like diversity with um, pleasing, I guess, the mass majority. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, it's definitely... Okay. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's definitely something that I think people in charge of design teams are really going to have to start reimagining the way that they uh, structure their projects and, and you know, go about things. Um, it's okay. going to be a, a learning process for everybody, I think. Mm -hmm. I think that like maybe one way that like more in terms of like diversity and stuff, I think it it's the burden potentially could be placed more on the designers themselves in terms of maybe making sure they're consuming a bunch of different backgrounds of media that maybe could influence them and in how they approach the design process themselves. And maybe that like if you can maybe like get your foot in the door a little bit to then kind of try to convince the rest of your team or try to convince like that this is a problem for the majority or that this is something that the majority could benefit from that that could be a way as well to kind of I, I'm sure that designers already do that to begin with but I feel like that would be another segment of that problem that potentially could like be influenced by mm -hmm. it. yeah yeah it's gonna be I think it's gonna be really interesting to watch the next you know decade play out um yeah I think not even just in design just you know in every um part of the world and, and you know every part of human life i think it's going to be interesting mm -hmm. to see how people adapt and, and shift but especially in design which is a field um about people and about understanding yeah. the way people do things and why they do things um and how you can make things easier for them mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i think designers are in a unique position to really sort of lead the charge um, in terms of diversity mm -hmm. and, and to sort of set the standard on how mm -hmm. businesses should be conducted and how projects should be conducted and how products should be built. Um, yeah, so I think it, I think going into this field and, you know, being in a place where you're either, you know, in college and you're going to graduate um, within the next decade or, or graduating now, um, I think we have a really awesome opportunity to make a huge impact um, in a way that, you know, maybe a lot of people haven't been able to in the last, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, th I think it's a really exciting thing to be a part of. Um, mm -hmm. And thinking about this now, I think, is, is only going to uh, further that impact that we have later on. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's all I have. Um, if you guys have any last few things that you want to add? Not for me. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we will have our live episode of Design Club um, this Thursday at six thirty p.m. Um, yeah. So feel free to message us with any questions or post in Discord. Facebook, 
uh, email, any of that good stuff. And yeah, mm-hmm. we will see you guys on Thursday. Yeah. Thanks for listening, yep. guys.